Hi there, and welcome back to the Purpose Map podcast. This is Casey Berglund, your host and the founder of Worthy and Well. And welcome to the surprise episode series where you're hearing from some incredible men. Um, the intention here is to support more men with healing and listening to vulnerable conversations and learning from other men in their journey toward living a more purpose-driven life. You're going to meet today Kevin Goodman. Kevin and I met in IPEC coach training a few years ago and connected and have deepened our relationship over the years. And what I love most about Kevin is how safe my nervous system feels with him. It might seem like a really weird thing to say, but as a woman who's embodied, I'm kind of like, you know, assessing in my body how safe I feel with beings in general. Um, and I know many women have had to work through some trauma as it relates to men, including myself. And so I always feel relaxed with Kevin and celebrated and supported. And I just think that he has such a healthy masculine energy that I appreciate so much. Um, he's also just a very talented human being, has spent many years working in corporate leadership until recently when basically supporting his company in you know, executing in a certain strategic direction meant working himself out of a job, which he accepted with grace. And um, he's also a creative and supports other creatives through a company that he leads called G101 Global and also supports his wife uh, through a company called Mama's Got Mojo, which supports mothers in navigating the transition of motherhood. And there's so much more to Kevin, too, that you'll learn through this interview. I really appreciate how he navigates a space between with such grace and specifically Kevin's expression of self-trust and trust in life and trust in the journey and trust in the way in which we can connect dots. Um, I'm just going to leave it to you to listen into Kevin's wisdom. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. I can't wait to hear from you afterward. All right. Take really good care. Talk to you at the end. Kevin, I'm so delighted to have you here. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so nice to have you. I always love chatting with you. And uh, I I was inspired the last time we talked um, by the space that you're in and the different paths that you're navigating with such grace and i just want to yeah i just want to open up by asking the question like in this moment right now what is alive and present for you as it relates to how you're thinking about like work and life that's a great question uh before i jump into that i do want to say again just thank you for the opportunity to join you i am inspired by everything that you're doing and i think it's just excellent i've been following your journey i'm both inspired and proud to have you as a friend because of everything i see you accomplishing and how i know that's impacting the listeners out there so i'll wait to at least start with with that because i could go on for i could go on for hours about what i think about that but at least let's let's start with that oh uh, thank you kevin you're very sweet you're, you're, no problem. this is like this is you in a nutshell you know every time we have a conversation i'll ask you something and you're like well what about you tell me about you <laughs> and, and we just like get in this conversation of celebrating each other which i think is such a beautiful gift and like Absolutely. listener if if you don't have people in your life that just are so intrigued by what you're up to and and cheerlead and inspire like man you're missing out you need those people you're one of those people for me kevin so i appreciate well, you, you saying you. that I am happy that I can I can serve as that for you. I, I, it's a pleasure to do so. Mm. Uh, now, not to digress from the question because I don't want to look like I'm dodging the question right out of the gate, right? So I want to absolutely <laughs> you, answer you your question. You kind of are, Kevin. You kind of did just dodge the question right out of the gate. <laughs> I don't I don't don't want to do that, right? Don't say that tone. But I think it's a great question, and it's a very fitting question based on everything that's going on in my life right now. And I would describe it as a point of transition awakening and realization. Mm. And I think all of those really flow together well for me. And a lot of the times, I don't, at least I'll speak for myself, a lot of the times um, you know, I look back on life and you, I question why this didn't happen then or, or, or you know, why isn't this happening yet? 
And then it, I come to this realization like I am right now, that everything is actually happening as it should. The sequence of things is just as important as the timing. And sometimes you need to have a certain level of experience. You need to have some experiences behind you to really be ready for the massive transformational awakening that is mm-hmm. in your in your journey. And I feel like that's where I am right now. Um, really just starting to see all of these pieces of my life that have been separate, but have been expressions of myself in these different arenas, starting to come together to create the kind of opportunities that I can really be excited and inspired about every day. Wow. I love that. So you said awakening, realization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I missed one. Transition. Transition, awakening, yes, and realization. Right. Yeah. That, that's like the space that you're in. That was one part. And I want you to share a little bit more about that. But then you also talked about like timing and realizing that everything happens as it should. And I feel like both of those things are kind of like big concepts. So right. I'm curious I'm curious if you could sh- maybe share an example or say a little bit more about the um, transition awakening realization piece. How is this moment in time about that for you? I think I think it's it's about that for a, for a couple of reasons. I think because I, I set some aggressive goals in each part of my life, both in my career, in my family life, and in my life as a as a creative, or a, I, I see creative anybody who's a creative as a person of impact, right? So I, I think mm. about those things that often live quite separately but rely on each other for you to be able to to get through life. You know, life is not particularly easy for people. No matter where you are, you're always struggling with something. And a lot of that comes down to you coming to grips with who you are as a person and aligning that personality and the way it plays out in life to your purpose, right? Because all of us uh, have these this thing deep inside of us. We don't always know what the purpose is, but we know that there's something there. And often mm-hmm. when, we're odd, when we're odds with that, it doesn't allow us to embrace some of the realizations that lead to awakening that ultimately then lead to transition. So mm-hmm. if I look at oops, the, the thing that triggered that for me, I had a couple of things all coming together at the same time. So I had a massive um, career shift that was happening where I was working in a company and the the job I went in to do for that company ended up not being the same job that I was executing a year later for good reason. I mean, there were great people at the company. Everybody had really good intentions. I felt felt really blessed to have the experience. But ultimately, as things change within the business environment, the business has to adapt to to compete in in the space that the company is best suited to compete in. And when that shift happens, sometimes the skill set of the people within the organization aren't the complete alignment. And I was the first to um, to say and have some good conversations with the leadership team that as directions were starting to change, that maybe I'm not the best suited person to fit into some of the roles that are necessary for that company to go forward. So I had that piece of it going on. And then at the same time, I had some unfortunate, tragic news with my grandmother passing away. And I live in America, but my grandmother lives in England, as does the majority of my family live in England. That's where I was born and grew up. So I had this this point of coming together where I was separating from my career, all on on good terms, which actually freed up time for me to be more present for this event that was happening from a family standpoint, uh, being there for my grandmother's funeral, helping to coordinate, and then being on the ground. And then also, you know, I had some other things, some other projects that I was working on the side that were starting to gain some momentum. So all of these things were converging at, 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 the, at the same time. And it just led to a spark that actually occurred during my grandmother's funeral. So I was giving the, the eulogy for my grandmother. And part, in part of my eulogy, I baked in a, a segment where I'd had my son record a video with his message. He read a short poem and he gave me. Said a message for my grandmother, and he was a rock star because I asked him like the day before to do it because it just popped up <laughs> in my mind, and he was like, "I'm on it." And he practiced and practiced all day, and then he put it together, and then my wife sent me sent me the video. So we had everything teed up. I'm giving the eulogy now. I'm keeping it together because I, you know, I try to pride myself <laughs> of being composed and relaxed and calm, and you know, and trying to exude that energy so others can can do the same. But that moment when my son's face popped up, which is in the middle of the eulogy, that moment when he popped up and the video started, this, this, I was overwhelmed by this wave of emotions. And the wave of emotions 
were, yes, there was some sorrow and grief, but there was this joy of, of knowing how my how my son had this relationship with my grandmother and witnessing the transition of you know, things that she held dear to her in terms of her traditions, the love that she had for him and lots of things that she instilled in me. And then my son adopting it and basically living up to that with everything he did by doing mm. the video. And I just got this overwhelming feeling that this is life and that wow. this, this co connectivity between people that it doesn't necessarily have to be just within a family setting or a family dyna dynamic, it can be friends, it can be co-workers you, you create a, a deep bond with. But there are these elements in life when you look back that you say that was a moment that I was completely alive. I was completely aware. I was completely connected. And mm. that was a, a really a, a, an awakening for me in terms of, well, how do I continue to maintain this. I've kind of been dancing on the edges of trying to create these moments for myself and other people in my life, but how do I sustain this at a higher level and scale it and get serious about um, being, you know, being in this frame of mind? Mm, yeah, that is such a beautiful story. Ugh, it just, um, yeah, it, you, you shared bits of that in conversations prior and hearing it today brings the same sort of like emotion to me and sort of tingles through me, kind of like that moment when there's such a stark truth that is undeniable that you recognize inside your whole system and in an embodied way, you know, you said there was this wave of emotions that was like, this right. is life, you know, right. and it, it's fascinating to me when those moments come, how they literally can change everything in an instant and they come like a like a download you know yeah absolutely, absolutely. and you weren't you weren't expecting it right and, and no. it's just it's fascinating how life works that way i, I think it does a really good point that you mentioned because I, I wasn't expecting it but i was present to receive it yes and and i think that 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 was one of the things is that because of uh, because of the setting because i think that the I think that that ability to to download or to get, I like to frame it as that connection to the source, right? The connection to the, that source energy that we all have and that really drives us together. But there's so much distraction, there's so much noise that doesn't mm -hmm. allow us to always receive that signal. And yeah. I think at that, at that point, because of my heightened emotional state with my guard down, recognizing the moment and just being present for my grandmother, in that moment, because it felt like I needed to represent her as much as I needed to, you know, represent my my mother and my family, and then you know, and go through this process. But I needed to represent her, and it it opened my mind up to be, you know, just in tune with everything mm -hmm. that was going on. And it yeah. was a out. It really felt like an out body experience, but it was uh, one that I'm very happy that I had. Yeah, beautiful. And just to complete the picture, how old is your son? My son is nine years old, so he's very wow. and contributed to such a, well, it sounds like contributed such wisdom in that yes. really profound moment that, you know, he was such a big part of this connected feeling. Um, and Absolutely. I love that. I love that you talked about being like open to receive the wisdom. And in those moments where you're like connected to source or, you know, I might use right. the terms like in alignment. Um, yes. When I, when I hear your story, you know, you're speaking about basically being very truthful and in integrity with yourself and talking to your leadership team about like this role you hired me for isn't any longer best for the company. It sounds like that's what you were right. saying. And um, yeah. maybe, maybe it's time for me to leave like that part sounds right. like there was some openness to the source and some alignment in that moment. And then, you know, I'm hearing you say that, that in many ways was a gift to be able to, be ready and present and prepared for your grandmother's passing, which led to that moment of truth and awakening. And so, you know, at the start, when you talked about the transition, the awakening, the realization, and then you also spoke about like things are happening as they should. It sounds like that's an example of what you mean by that. I feel like you answered my second part of the yeah. question, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It, it, it is. It's funny how that happens because you often don't know what's on the other side of the blessing that you want. And we can look from the outside and think that we know what life is going to be like on the other side of that, but we don't know. 
And when you do get there, sometimes you, you, you're either going to say, I wish I prepared more, or you're going to say, I'm so happy that I'm prepared, or I had these experiences that now allow me to navigate the new terrain I'm in. So let's say you were working full-time for a corporation. You really dreamed about having your own business. Then you stepped into the life of an entrepreneur and all of the things that came with being an entrepreneur, this coming to you at once, you're like, oh, I wish I had the structure of being in corporate, right? You're going to have to fight through that. But if you had numerous things that occurred that maybe delayed you becoming an entrepreneur, but there were certain projects that were popping up in your corporation, or if you're volunteering and certain things happened and you solved problems in that context, not knowing how that's going to help you on the other side, you know, that's a kind of an example of that being ready for, for what you want, as opposed to it coming and not having that experience that allows you to capitalize on the moment. Yeah. And it takes deep trust. Like when I hear you talk, I'm sensing that you have this like trust in life right now. And sometimes I'll speak from the eye. That's hard sometimes when things are hard right. or when shit doesn't feel like it's going your way or you're in that space between and the brain sort of negative bias starts to create these stories. And I'm curious yeah. how you, if you have those moments or how you deal with those moments where maybe the doubt comes in and, and you kind of continue to trust, even though you don't necessarily have the evidence yet that it's all going to work out. Yeah, that's another really good question. I think that, let me think for a second. I think when those moments pop up, so I, I look at doubt the same way I look at nervousness to an extent. And I'm completely going off the top. So I mean, but you, that's how I feel, right? And, and when I say that, I mean, but if you are going into a massive speech and you have these nerves, <laughs> the nerves are because it's a moment that's important. The nerves are because this is something that really does have some significance and you're recognizing that. And then once you get over the nerves, you go out there, you, you, you have an excellent speech and all of a sudden you're saying, so why, why was I nervous? Right. I was prepared. I knew what I was talking about. The people were really nice. Right. So why, <laughs> why was I even nervous, nervous to begin with? And I think that it's that idea of, of, of you are internally recognizing that there's, there's this moment and that can bring with it, you know, some apprehension, some hesitation. I think it's the same thing when it comes to doubt. It's the internal audience that you have. It's, you know that whatever you do in life, that you have to live with your actions. Now, sometimes mm -hmm. we fool ourselves that <laughs> that's not the case, but ultimately deep, deep inside of us, I think we all know we have this observer that's going to remind us about the way that we reacted. And doubt sometimes can be overwhelming when things are going bad because you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through this. Mm -hmm. But when you've got through it a couple of times, you then know that it would be, you wouldn't be able to live with yourself if you didn't try to get through it. And oftentimes those hard times just require effort because mm -hmm. people, there's lots of good people in the world and people will step up to help you. But a lot of the time they don't even see your cry for help unless they see you trying. And mm. I think that that's, that's how, how I look at it is that you just got to try to keep taking those steps forward and the universe or God or whatever your belief is tends to make things come into your path. And going back to what I said earlier, it's also about removing the noise. Cause I think the doubt mm. is the, is the noise. The doubt is what's stopping you from taking the right next step. And once you remove that doubt, now you are listening and able to hear the right opportunities that are coming your way or hear that part of your voice that is bringing the solutions forward. So mm. I think that's how I, I look at it that time. How do you know the difference between the part of the voice that's bringing the solution forward and the voice mm -hmm. that is the doubt or the fear? You know, people often ask that question, like fear and right. intuition can kind of like walk along a really fine line. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I feel I, like these are hard questions. They're kind of yeah. different <laughs> questions, Kevin. I know I'm throwing, yeah, I'm throwing I know. you some, some big ones. Oh, I, I, like, I like it because you know, sometimes when, when you're answering these questions and you're going inside yourself, you're teaching yourself at the same time because it's yeah. not always things that you would ask yourself. So I like this. Um, I think, so if I think about that, how do you tell the difference between the two voices? Well, I think that, so doubt versus intuition, I think that for me, difference between the two is intuition, though there are both feelings, intuition to me has a deep connection to truth. Mm. So the reason intuition is so powerful is because 
when you are having the intuition, there's something inside of you that said, yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. And that's what convinces you to then take the next step. It's the same thing that makes you say to yourself, if you don't follow your intuition, ah, I knew it. I should have done it. (laughs) And you say you you knew it because it was the truth. Now, doubt, on the other hand, is different. Doubt is only effective on the surface when you don't probe deeper into it. Because the other side of doubt, you often say, well, why why was I worried about that? (laughs) That that didn't make any sense, right? So so doubt is not connected to truth at all. It's it's a projection of something. It could could be, as I said, the, the moment recognition that the moment is really important, but you just don't know how to grapple with that internally, or it could be something else. But ultimately, there's no truth in doubt because you don't know until you actually make the effort to try and get through that. So I would say that that's how you're so wise, Kevin. I just got to get you talking (laughs) and then all these friggin' truth bombs come out of your mouth. You know, this is this. uh, We're not done here yet. (laughs) You also said said something um, when you were talking about navigating doubt. Uh, about these weren't your words but to summarize it like evidence builds confidence you move through doubt enough times and receive the like truth on the other side or maybe truth and doubt are side by side and you choose the truth and then it works out it's like you're gathering up evidence that it's safe to trust that you can do hard things move through doubt and that you can follow that maybe clearer, deeper voice. You're, you're saying that intuition is connected to undeniable truth. And, you know, hearing Absolutely. you share that is, is making me reflect on my own sort of experience with doubt. And, you know, yeah. um, dear listener, Kevin and I met in coach training. And so we both have experience in coaching. And so I, I, I'm remembering a moment actually with a coach that I was working with and she was coaching me on doubt that was coming up around me kind of like really playing bigger, me really Mm. stepping into my next level, really embodying my gifts and really like doing the damn thing, you know? And this, this concept of self-doubt came in and, you know, it's funny when I'm, when I'm being coached, I think because I also have a lot of tools in my toolbox, I'll, I'll ask for what I need. I'm like, dear coach, right now, I need to go into my body and see where the doubt lives. And she's like, great, right. let me help guide you there. And we had this experience where as I tapped into my body, I noticed that the doubt felt like a constriction, a contraction in my body. Mm. And as I tuned into it, I had this like memory of a younger version of me and Without going into all the details, it was so clear that the doubt was like a nervous little girl part of me Mm. that um, really just didn't want to be left behind. And as we navigated this concept of doubt in an embodied way, what I realized, and I feel like I'm sharing this because it aligns with what you said, is that that little young part, that maybe little hurt part, scared part, Mm. Her job is actually to make me more certain. I Mm. had this huge realization in this moment that the doubt, the contraction in the body, when like attuned to and felt, um, and in certain moments, I think that's necessary. And in other moments, it's like, nope, that's just a limiting thought. Let's just put that to the side and move forward. Like sometimes it's an easier process to move through doubt. But I realized in this moment that the my body was trying to give me wisdom around like where the nervousness actually lies and what that part needs to go forth even more powerfully. And so the big realization of the coaching session was that the role of doubt is to actually make me more certain about my next step. And like, what would happen if I stopped judging the doubt and actually realized that it maybe had wisdom for me about Mm -hmm. what I needed to like, gather up in addition to what I'd already gathered up mm. to be even more powerful. Right. Right. You know? And yeah, that's great. And and I think there's some discernment in that, like in alignment with what you shared about um, you know, your perspective on intuition versus doubt. And that was so wise. Like I think there's some also just some discernment that like, okay, doubt, you can come along, sit in the back seat, 
we're going to go anyway. <laughs> you know, right, we're going right. to choose. We're going to choose to stand on that stage and do that talk, even though there's nerves, even though my palms are sweaty. And, you know, for me, I get this like flushed throat thing that happens right. when I'm when I'm about to do something important or say something right. important. And right. sometimes I wonder, like, what if we could own those parts, like own the doubt and use it to our Absolutely. advantage? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And thanks for sharing that. Cause I, I think it's, it's spot on, right? I think that a couple of things you said there that really resonate with me is one, as you were talking, it just is another reminder to me that wisdom is everywhere, right? Wisdom mm. is in the, the situations we are in. It's in our experiences. It's in the people that we interact with, but it's all also in our bodies. And I mm -hmm. think that uh, why I'm a big fan of a lot of your work, especially your TED talk is when you talk about this whole mind body connection. And I think that if we look at how doubt shows up in our bodies, if we are, you know, I'm a former athlete, and when you are trying to push your body forward, there's a part where your body says, oh, we can't do that. We, we, we can't <laughs> run that extra mile. We can't lift that weight, right? It's, it's, it's trying to protect you, but it's, it's giving you doubt. It's telling you, you can't, you can't do it. But you know that in order to build the muscle or be able to run that marathon or be able to, whatever you're trying to achieve physically, you've got to get through that doubt. And then you kind mm -hmm. of trick your, your mind into overcoming that doubt within your body. And then all of a sudden you're building this muscle or you're building this capability and you've gone beyond the doubt into now excellence. Now, I think for a couple of reasons, that's, that's really important. One is similarly, I think in our minds, as we get through doubt to kind of echo the points that we were talking about is we're building that muscle to, to really have true belief in what mm. we're doing. Yeah. And there's so, there's so much of doubt becomes useful because there's lots of people in the world that are quite cynical or they may not think something is possible, but when you've tackled your own doubt and rationalized it and also come to a, a, a good place in terms of how you feel about it, you can take the steps past the doubt you're going to meet externally. Right. So I think mm -hmm. it really does become valuable from that side as well. Yeah. I love it. Thank you. I, I, I think it was really important that we really kind of dove deep into doubt and trust and following yes. that voice of truth and intuition, because in any big transition, I know this for my clients, I know this for many community members, Worthy Mall community members who are navigating big change, um, even right. honestly, and maybe you've had this experience too, Kevin, on a, say like discovery call with a new client and you're like mm -hmm. helping them to get, I'm helping them to get clear on like, what's the challenge that's kind of keeping them stuck right now and what's their right. vision and, and we're clarifying what it is that they really want. My experience right. is that there's this building energy. There's this expansive energy that we share in that space. When someone has space for their dreams to be seen, heard, amplified, and, and where the possibility is held, there's this like truth and expansion right. and intuition in that space. And then yep. we end the call and that person goes into their regular environment, which maybe mm -hmm. triggers some old patterns. And right. sometimes the contraction, which can look like doubt and fear and, right. you know, it like comes immediately after. And so this conversation is important because I think it's a really normal part of decision-making and especially Absolutely. when it comes to big change, like even in this example, choosing to work with a guide or a coach or a mentor for a significant period of time for a significant investment, like that's a big life decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. As as is moving across the country or choosing to leave your corporate job or explore your creative work, start a business, right? Like our, our life is kind of a series of these decisions. And I think, you know, many of the people I attract and you being one of them want to live a big life. So yes, it's a series of right. big decisions, you know, absolutely bold yeah, decisions. It is. It so. is. It is. And I love that you brought up coaching there because you, you do see this. First of all, I love coaching. And I think that when you see people taking steps forward, because you know, as a coach, you know, you're not trying to lead anybody to a particular outcome. You're just creating awareness for them to get to where they actually want to go in their heart, what they truly believe. And the beauty of, of coaching or working with clients is that you start to see as people get closer and closer and closer and closer to the truth, that they start to gain so much momentum that they just are off to the races. Like they can just, now they can run through walls because there's no turning back. Once you've accepted the truth, you also accept that you can't unsee the truth. Now, right. earlier on in the process, some people start to get the little um, cold feet 
right? Because they're like, oh, this is a little scary. This is going to take me out of my comfort zone. And they may, as you said, revert, revert back to environments that weren't helping them or something else. But I think there's a, there's a threshold, there's a line that people cross, whether it's through coaching or through something else, that once they get so close to that truth that they believe it, you know, they are now completely on that path. They, they're not turning away from that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I love <laughs> the number of times that I've said to, you know, fellow friends who are on a growth path, like, oh, damn, you can't just slap another layer of the onion back on after it's been peeled right. away. Like you can't unsee what you see. You can't go back. And and I think sometimes like that does provide that forward momentum. And I've definitely had little moments where I'm like, oh, this is a hard thing. <laughs> <laughs> And there's there's really no option but to move through it, right? But that's right. that speaks to your point when you're giving the example of being an athlete. You build strength, you build resilience, you build the capacity to do hard things and to go after it, to go after right. your dreams and make big decisions and big changes. So yeah, totally hear yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. You spoke um, a bit earlier. I want to circle back to this that you know, it was part of your answer when I asked, like, what's present and alive with you? you? You talked about these different parts of you. You're starting to see how they're coming together. And so mm -hmm. in our conversation so far, um, hopefully you listener have learned a lot about Kevin. You know, he's worked in corporate. He's a coach. He does some creative work. Um, obviously, you're, you, you're a family man. You have a wife and a son, and they That's mean right. a lot to you. You're very thoughtful and have had these, like, awakenings. Um, I'm curious about what's on the table for you in terms of what you're exploring and yeah, what you're yeah. seeing come together in addition to what you've already shared. Right. Yeah, so if I think about the uh, timeline or I guess the trajectory of what I've been doing in my life, I think a lot of what I've done to date has been to build specific skills and whether this was right or wrong, and this is something I need to coach myself through in full transparency, I, I, I siloed a lot of areas of my life. So as a creative, I was very siloed. I didn't mix the corporate side with the creative side, or you know, I did, I guess, to some extent, the family side, right, was mixed with corporate, but you know, it wasn't a situation where if you met me in corporate, I would be talking about the things I do on the creative side, right? I'd always talk about my family, but the creative and corporate would always be quite separate. Can you can you just like say a little bit more about what the creative side is? Like when you're talking about the creative side, give us a little taste of of for you what yeah. your creative side is specifically. So so I write and produce music. Um, I like to design as well. I love to write poetry as well, and I just find that it. Um, I like to to draw, but I think that the core of what I focus on is really around music. That's the the area where I think I'm most competent and most experienced and you know, I've done, I've traveled over the world with my music. It's been a great opportunity to, to do that. So played out and done smaller shows in, in different countries. And it's just, it's so rewarding, not only in terms of the creative process itself, but then that end product when, you know, you're, you're with people that are just sharing the moment with you too. So that's always been something that's been a core part of my life that I've continued to develop over time. It's not something that I've ever done where the focus has been monetary gain. It's always been something that I've done where the focus is, mm. what is the creative process going to teach me about myself and how could this possibly help someone else, right? So mm. I've always looked at it from more from an internal and external impact standpoint than something that's a, a monetary thing. And I think that that has helped me to do it for so long because a lot of other creative friends, I, I, I see them struggling with how do they allow the creativity to pay the bills and then be the authentic self? Because sometimes for corporate jobs as a creative, you're following a very narrow script or they're telling you what you have to be. And I don't, as a creative, believe that that's the way creativity works. I mean, you can do it because you have the skill set, but true creativity is something that, to me, is something that occurs because of the expression that you want to bring mm. forward. And that expression cannot be dictated by a corporate timeline. It's by what you want to express, when you want to express it, and how you want to express it, right? And I think in order to keep that intact, I've always kept that separate and mm -hmm. focused on doing that in a way where I can always be my authentic self there. And then right. on the other side, it's the corporate side. 
Right. So, so this ties right back into what you were talking about, where you've, whether it was, you said, I have some self-discovery to do around this, whether it was right or wrong, I've kept these parts kind of in silos. So say, say a bit more about that. Like, so thank you for filling in some of the details around the creative work, but it's like there was the corporate side and the creative side. Yeah. I think, I think, so I think that I'll say this, I'm really encouraged with the way the world is going today. And it's, this ties back into um, the why I kept it separate in the past and why I feel that that may not be necessary going forward. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that there, there was a time where the world, especially corporate, looked at individuals as they look at hardware devices or facilities or something that wasn't human. <laughs> where you know, okay, this yeah, you robots. <laughs> you are you are owned by the corporation and you must do. X, we are buying you to do X and, and bring that uh, to the company that you work for. And we're really not interested in the other elements of your life. If you don't have work-life balance, if you don't have, you, know, you shouldn't really have time to express yourself because you should be doing everything to do yeah. your job, right? And I think yeah. there, was, there was a time that that, that was, was the mindset. I think what's happened is people have evolved and they've recognized that it's not the amount of hours that somebody is at their desk. It's the amount it's the depth of the work and the results that they bring forward. So if that individual is inspired and they are, they have a good work-life balance and they are showing up as their full integrated self, they're going to be a hundred percent more valuable to that company than the old school way of looking at things. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. One, when they are interacting with other people, they're bringing a certain energy that creates momentum. So you're not spending half of the meeting just trying to wake people up because they don't want to be there. I think right. people are kind of empowered by the fact that they feel the energy and the presence, the true presence of the people who they are now working with. I also think that you know, for all of the bad things that have come out of, of uh, COVID, one of the good things is that people have seen that you don't necessarily need to be at your desk 24-7 to be effective. You can do some of these things remote and schedules can be morphed around parenting or other things, family time or even times with friends, right? To allow people to be able to show up as, as their full selves. So I think those things have led to this type of scenario where I think the integrated person is going to start winning in the workplace because corporations are recognizing the value of that. And why I think where I kept things siloed previously because of those traditional mindsets that you can't be more than one thing, people are starting to learn that you can be lots of different things and it doesn't take away from you being effective on the particular task that you're focused on at any given time. Mm, yeah. I love that you use the term integrated self and that the integrated person will win. I'm like, you're preaching to the choir here. Um, and, and you know, Kevin, I kind of skipped the corporate path. And right. <laughs> in the middle of COVID, when I was like, I don't know if I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, I don't know, this is the first time I've ever questioned it. Like yeah. the doubt came in right, and right. it was kind of like, did I miss the game of climbing mm. the corporate ladder and learning what I can learn from that experience, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, right. I tried, I didn't get the jobs I applied for. The universe knocked me back on the entrepreneurial path and it makes perfect yep. sense that that happened for me. Good. Um, Good. But like, I loved hearing hearing you say, because I don't have as much experience in that corporate world, um, mm. just that there truly are shifts happening. You know, I've, I've definitely yeah. worked with clients in the corporate space who feel a lot of tension because of the siloing. One thing I've always right. admired and respected about you and, and again, call BS on me if this isn't like true for you, but you seem to have a way of consciously and intentionally choosing mm how you quote play the game like choosing right. i'm gonna be i'm gonna show this corporate side in this setting right. and i'm gonna be full-on creative in this setting and i'm gonna be full-on authentic right like i yeah. i've kind of witnessed in you an intentional choice around that and even in this conversation you're saying up until this point i kept things in silos and you you say it in right. a way where you almost own it and yes. you're acknowledging like hmm, to be effective um, we're seeing that that's not necessarily the best way. And also, I want to play the game differently now. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that for lack of a way, better way of putting it, I think that sometimes, because people aren't used to 
working with integrated people, right? Because if you go through school, there's this, this path, you go through school, then you study this particular thing, and then you're supposed to become an expert in that thing. And then you, you know, just continue on to this journey where you're kind of just stuck in this mold. So I think people are just used to seeing people in that way, which I think, as I, I mentioned before, has, has changed. But I think during the time when it was that way, where they, if you weren't, if you were doing too many things and people question your commitment, they question exactly what you're doing. And I, I felt that, you know, in order for me to make sure I was showing up the right way in each of these roles, I didn't want to create that noise of people questioning, you know, well, you know, is he, is he doing something else? I just want to excel so that people are hiring me for the value that I'm bringing to the table. And right. I'm also legitimately building those skill sets so I can live up to that particular persona. They're not kind of uh, giving me some some leeway because I'm doing I'm also doing something else. They're grading me based on doing that particular job as they would anybody else who's going for that job. Right. So right. I want to make sure that I'm I'm earning that spot and building the necessary skills, but also having that wall between the two so I can, you know, I really use the corporate side to fund the creative side so that I could then have authenticity in the creative side. So they went hand in hand from that standpoint, but right. allowed me to switch switch hats as I needed to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you were saying up until this point, there was a siloing of the different parts and it served you well. <laughs> it sounds like it served right. you well, served you really well. And right. moving forward, you're, you're contemplating that, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be this way. And so I'm curious in the space that you're in, which, um, you know, it is a bit of a space between perhaps, mm -hmm. I don't know if you would say, would you define it that way? Like, where where the corporate role that you've yeah. had has has kind of fallen away yes. and yeah. there are other things on the table right now it's I, I i'm having this vision of like sitting in front of a buffet and you choosing <laughs> what kind of meal you want to put together so right. i i'm curious about what's popping for you what clarity you do have uh or what is becoming clear about your next level vision and how you want yeah. to become perhaps that integrated person. Absolutely. I, I think that the, the thing that jumps out to me there is choosing the path of impact. So if I look at the, you know, the tale of two halves or the tale of the chapters today, right? The, the chapter I'm now rolling out of was the, the chapter of developing expertise and credibility and skills, right? Mm -hmm. but now at, at, you know, putting myself in positions to acquire those skills this is the time now where impact becomes the focus. So how can I deploy these skills to have the maximum amount of impact? And if I think about the impact that I am driving towards, it is creating a, or doing whatever I can to help good people become great. And when I say great, it means good, make good people who have good intentions and you know, they, they, they're really trying, they have something they know that they want to do. How can I help them move from that state into being great at what they do, showing up the way that they want to show up, being able mm -hmm. to you know, take their passions and turn, take the passions to purpose, empower them to, to look at kind of driving whatever their expression is into them creating the impact as well. So I just want to be in the circle of doing that. And that's, that's mm -hmm. where I see myself driving myself into any opportunity that, that aligns to, to that. Right. Yeah. And when I hear you talk, it's like, and I'm going to use every skill that I've mastered up until this right. point and every part of my being of who I've become up until this point and open up to all the source wisdom and creativity. And I'm going to use all of myself in order to do that, Absolutely. which is Absolutely. a different perspective than the old paradigm. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that's, that's how I see it because I think it allows you to connect. You can, you know, you influence people when you connect with them. And I use influence in, in a positive way of saying that the only in influence that makes sense is a, it's the influence that creates the impact that helps people then make their lives better, right? So in order to do that, you need to draw from things or I need to draw from the different skill sets and environments that I've been in. So I have a greater understanding of what that person is going through and can then use that connection point to help to move them forward. That's, mm -hmm. and I look at those, these different, even though they were siloed, they allowed me to truly experience what it is on that corporate journey. 
truly experience what it is to be on that creative journey, truly experience without any distraction in, as an athlete or, you know, all these other yeah. things. So then I can come to the table and really speak to people from that way. Oh, I love that so much. And it just resonates with me a lot. You know, I, I think about now when I show up to guide someone, I'm literally showing up, dropping into my presence and trusting mm. that all of my skills and gifts and talents and, you know, those 10 years as a dietitian and growing up on a farm and outside of a 200 person town and being a certified coach and also honing my intuitive gifts and and right. every single person I've met along the way, in that moment where I'm guiding someone, I'm dropping into presence and trusting that yes. all of that can be pulled upon to support whoever is in front of me, you know? That's and, right. and that's what I'm hearing you say too. Um, that's right. Before we hit record, you had shared with me that there are some sort of specific maybe areas that you are exploring having that impact, helping people go from good to great. Was that a Jim Collins book? I think I'm just Yeah, that was a book. Yeah, it was. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, great. It's a great slogan, to be honest. And yeah, I love it. But, um, you know, you you talked about being on a board of trustees and empowering yes. moms and like, Yes. Talk about some of these different areas that you're applying this this deep purpose to be impactful and to be driven by impact. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought up that book because that, that is a great book from, from good to great. And it, it kind of took a, a personal twist with me because my last name is Goodman. And so always people would always say, oh, are you a good man? And I would always respond, I'm a good man working to become a great one. So I, oh, I always I took that, as, that. As, a, as a play on it, right? So I've always kind of stuck with that, that idea because I do think that your know, people, everybody has some form of greatness. And it's just, as they go through the journey of life, you meet a lot of naysayers or you get pushed into certain boxes that you need to tick. And then it subdues your ability to bring, bring that forward. But it is so important for people to pursue that because you know, often, and I'm uh, an introvert, so you don't really um, always think about being out in the forefront as an introvert, right? But, you know, you, you forget how much of an impact the thing that you're good at or the thing that you're born to be great at can have on other people and that they mm -hmm. can awaken within them, right? So um, and that's just uh, how I look at this. So I completely brambled there and lost, <laughs> lost all, your, all, your, all your other question was. But I think, what was your other question there? Your question was a... It's it's like what are the playgrounds that you're applying this to? Yeah. Like like the okay. specific uh, opportunities. What are the opportunities yeah. that are presenting themselves for you to help people? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I was really happy to share with you that I just joined the board of trustees or was just uh, nominated or approved to be on the board of trustees for my university, which was a big big step for me because I see that as a great vehicle to continue to to help people in the good learning process for me to learn more about the other side of how universities and education works. I think that when I look at the way I used my college experience, it really helped me as I moved forward in, into the world because I was you know, playing on the basketball team. I was president of, of different things, student activities and, and student government. I just tried to be across the board because coming from England, I just wanted to make the most of, of the experience. So I found that that then transitioned into me being able to do a lot, um, be very effective uh, as I then graduated from college. I did my undergrad and my grad there and always stayed quite connected with university. And then when the opportunity came up for me to start to be involved on a deeper level by joining the board of trustees, I, I, I re received that opportunity and then put myself forward. And then mm. just this week, I uh, was able to be named as a board of trustees. So I see that as something I'm going to be focused on going forward that would be really impactful. Mm, I love that. And and what about the empowering mothers part of things? Yeah. yeah so I have uh, I've been blessed with having very strong women in my life and who really just helped to mold and shape me into the man I am today. And when I look at the uh, the way society treats mothers, I don't like it, <laughs> to be honest. So when, when my when my wife had my my son and she was uh you know, took some time out and she was looking to get back into the workforce, 
I didn't like the way that they were evaluating her skill set. I know her, I love her. I'm looking at the things that she can do. And I'm saying to myself, are they really taking a look at what this individual brings to the table? Or are they just bringing some type of bias that says if a mother has been out of the workforce for a certain amount of time, that she can no longer bring value, right? And uh, I, as I said, I didn't, didn't like that. And I said, well, that's, we've got to do something about that. So for two reasons, one, because I felt like, well, if my wife has the opportunity to be at home, then working on this type of organization will be good for her as well as good for the women that will then join the events and everything else that goes on. So, cause I felt like her confidence took a knock when she was trying to yeah. get back in. And I think, I think that that happens to a lot of women, right? Because they know the skill set, they know they built this career. It doesn't all those skills don't go away because they took a year or, or two years or whatever the case may be to be mothers. So how do you help uh, bring women together so that they can have this community and raise issues, talk about different things that affect them, whether it's, um, as you said, mind body or whether it's the mom brain and the changes in the mom brain, whether it's health and wellness, um, whether it's anxiety, you know, there's different topics that uh, my wife has uh, hosted events around that I learned a lot from. And I just um, have continued to be a massive supporter to try and do anything I can to drive that forward. And, you know, something that's really near and dear to me, as I said, because of the women that I've, I've had in my yeah. life. I know. I love that about you. You've shared with me so many beautiful stories um, connected to your relationships with like your mother and your wife and and just the the reverence for women is um, something that I really it makes me feel like really safe in your presence and really like oh, receptive to your wisdom. And I just like I, it's it's part of who you are that makes me feel so celebrated by you. So oh, I love thanks. that. And I love that you're you know, what a way to have impact, like as you're talking about those experiences that your wife has had, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's so many women, that's so many mothers. Um, I just right. think about the, the mom friends that I have. And I, I guess I'm curious, is, is that a local? In, it is. In so it's, it's some, yeah, something that's been focused in the Jersey City area. Now there were some plans to take it further, well, Jersey and then plans to take it into New York and some um, other cities globally as well, where we have people on the ground and then the COVID hit. So the live events kind of got shut down. And then we've been working on uh, a virtual, basically a, a uh, kind of like a, a, a portal or a teaching center where people could access this information as well as live virtual events as well. And you know, different pieces of content that can be valuable mm -hmm. to people. So we've been behind the scenes, building this out and um, mm. you know, looking to do a lot during this year. Yeah. Keep me posted on how that unfolds. Like I, Absolutely. I'm happy to support that too. Just I've been thinking about all the moms in my life and, and my desire to be a mother, how those types of resources and support I can just see being so valuable. Absolutely. Um, and then what's happening in the realm of music upcoming? So, yeah, so, that, yeah, so thanks for asking that. There's always something that's, uh, going on in my life. I never switched that side of it off. I was actually, when I was in London last week, well, actually I just came back, what was that? On Wednesday, right? So uh, the night before I had all these things I wanted to accomplish. And then once those family things got taken care of, I promised myself that I would book a session to go in and, and do some more music. Cause I'm always, always writing. And it was funny cause I wanted to do a song with my cousin. And the reason I picked my cousin for the song is because he was instrumental in me being interested in music. So music was always going on in my house. And my mother is from Trinidad. My father's from Guyana. And one of the things that many people may not know about the music that comes from Trinidad, it's uh, called soca music. And uh, Calypso is also uh, a term that's used for music from Trinidad. And what makes it very intelligent is that some of the songs have double meanings. So I've always been drawn to using music and using words to say more than just what is on the surface of, mm -hmm. of the song. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's just the way I write. And I, I, I love the writing process. So I said, yeah, I want to do something with my cousin because it's one of those kind of markers in terms of things that, that you've done that you always look back on. And so I tried to book the studio time and I really only needed like an hour or two hours with him to get a, a part from him that I would then use in the song. 
And then the studio that I go to in, in London said, you can only book a four hour block. And I said, oh, I forgot that um, you have to book four hours. So I'm going to have to come up with a way to really use that time effectively. <laughs> now, I, w- when I landed, because I'm you know, big on reconnecting with, with people now, I think when you're in that corporate uh, mind state and you're working and you have your family and everything else, sometimes your network of friends, you don't put enough care and attention into that. And mm-hmm. something that I'm absolutely addressing now as I've had some time to think about. So I said, there's a really close friend of mine. The day after I land, I go reach out to him because I typically don't get to see him. And, uh, you know, he's always been a really good friend. So went to see him. He mentioned a mutual friend that we had just in passing. And then when it, when the studio time had to be extended, that name that he mentioned popped up because I said, oh, I need a singer and she sings. I wonder if she still sings. So then I reached out to her and we were playing text tag. And then it, you know, I knew it was going to be difficult to pull this off. But um, I said to her, look, I don't know if you can make it, um, but you know, the, this is the address to the studio because he'd mentioned that she just started a new job. And I can only imagine with a new job how hectic everything is. There was only a week, a week into it, a week before, right? So she responds, she said, can you give me a call? So I gave her a call and she goes, um, okay, what, what's the song? So I you know, told her what the song is, kind of, kind of demoed it for her. And she said, you won't believe this, Kevin, but you know, usually it'd be very difficult for me to get somewhere because of the time that my, my job finishes. I know you're leaving the next day. But the new job that I took is five minutes from the studio. So, wow. so it was just like, it was just like perfect alignment that uh, I had to do this extra time and then she's five minutes away. So she came in and it was an amazing session. Like she hasn't been doing singing uh, as much as she would like to. And this was, this session was actually something that helped to bring her out of her shell. So I had that added bonus, but she also was just amazing in the studio to work with as well. And uh, I'm really excited about the song. So I'll continue to work on that. And then uh, by summer, I think I'll have, so my goal is within the next couple of months to finish this new round of of music. Oh, well, stay tuned for that, for sure. You're so in the flow. I love that. Just the synchronicities and and what evidence that things are always working out, you know, like, it's like the universe has other plans. We're going to give you four hours to get even more (laughs) recording time in. You know? Exactly. It, it was yeah. perfect. It couldn't, it couldn't have allowed. And that's, and that's the thing is that, you know, I think that's that thing in trusting the process in trusting yeah. that, you know, instead of just turning it down and saying, oh, well, that doesn't really fit. I don't want to take the four and spend that money. I don't, it's more of saying, okay, what can I do with this? What can I do with what has now been presented with me? And I think a lot of the times, you know, when things pop up, the kind of off script, we, reject it without analyzing it and seeing why this might actually be the best thing that may have popped up. And that was just one of those things where it was the absolute, I couldn't ask for a a better outcome than that having to happen to happen. Yeah. I mean, it takes a certain level of consciousness to see that as an opportunity rather than a problem, which when I hear you talk, it's like, you're always seeking, seeing the opportunity in whatever is present, which is a, a very like specific way of being in the world. And, you know, I, I tend to think that it will guide someone toward the greatness that they seek, you know? That's right. That's um, right. Absolutely. I love what you said about um, being influenced by your lineage and in, in how you do music and the intelligence of the music. And it made me think about how, when I first listened to your music, I remember feeling like, wow, these words are so powerful, like in a positive, oh, impactful way. And also the energy underneath, like there's something about, and you just kind of validated the felt sense that I had um, mm. when you were talking about like the double meaning, because I I remember like listening to the words and feeling like, wow, and, and I'm a word lover, like words are potent, right. words matter, words have a energy and a frequency that you're putting out into the world. Um, and the feeling that I get when I listen to your music is uplifting and oh, thank you. i i just love that so much and and it makes perfect sense based on everything i've learned from you today and and i'm sure this is true for the listener as well that you're i appreciate that yeah you're you're kind of like connection to and intention to have an impact like it just comes through everything that you do all of these examples that you've shared so far um i'm curious as we wrap yes 
what I haven't asked you that I mm -hmm. should have asked you okay. <laughs> to really like <laughs> this home. Right. Right. Oh, well, okay. Do you ask me what uh, you should have asked? <laughs> I thought you were. What haven't I, thought was what the haven't I asked you? No, okay, no. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm asking you. What haven't I asked you that would have been a good question for you to answer? And then you know, if you just want to answer it, answer the question I didn't ask. Oh, that's, hmm, that is a really tough. I was like, I was sitting back and I was like, okay, this is building. This is building to this question that she has, <laughs> and then I was like, completely unprepared for me the, being okay. the one who has to come up with the question. So let me let me think about this. Um, I think the question maybe that they could bring it home is when I think about the things that I am driving towards and that are important to me is how did I come to the conclusion that those things should be the important thing? Ooh, <laughs> I'm so glad I asked you that mind-bending uh, question. So, so, <sighs> um, if I think about that, right, I think that in my life, you know, there's this, there's all these, all, all these twists and turns in, in your life. And I think one of the greatest gifts that my mother gave to me was that, you know, I grew up with just my mother. So my, my father wasn't there, but my mother never in put anything in me in terms of negative thoughts about my father. She never spoke a bad word about him even when things are difficult and uh, those things would have been difficult for her at times, right? She never blamed him for the circumstance. And it was the greatest gift because it allowed me to move through life without a, a level of resentment to anything, right? There's no, no connection to this, this, uh, to, to negative feelings around what was going on, which then gave me the clarity to see what I could become. And I think that as I, continue to walk through life, I said, well, how can I continue to drive this energy forward? Like, how can I continue to make sure that people are as close to a, a positive mindset as possible? Because I just found that that was so impactful for me, right? So I've always tried to strive to do that. And then becoming a father, I then really understood the importance of doing that because ultimately the ripple effects of our actions and how we influence people impacts the people we love and the people who are in the next generation that's coming on. So when I look at you know, the in, why it, things have become so important for me to drive forward is originally, I, I think there was this feeling that, I think we all have it, right? There's this feeling of at times not being good enough. And when my father wasn't there, especially as a son, I think I had to wrestle with the fact that, you know, what was it, was there something about me that he didn't feel it was good enough to, to stick right. around, right? But then, but then not having to deal with resentment around that, I had that clarity of really saying, well, no, that's something to do with him, right? That's really nothing to do with me. And I need to oh. continue to live my life. And, you know, I'm really going to ramble now. I had one of the most, my most impactful moments after becoming a father, I hadn't seen my, my, uh, my father in 20 years and all the times I've been back to London, I hadn't even really looked for him, but I said to myself, this is something that's important, something that, that I've got to do. I can't leave this unresolved. So I went and I saw him. It was one of the most important things that I did because the fact that I was now a father and I've accomplished things in my life, I could go to him without needing anything from him and I could just see him as a human being. And it was really insightful to see you know, the, 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 both the, some good traits that have come from him that I, that I think I picked up and, and some things that I completely went in the other direction from that allowed me, I believe, to be more successful in my life. And, you know, so I look at why I do the things I do now, it's to continue to drive that right energy, the energy that I think I can bring forward into the world so that other people can have these moments of clarity. Because I think once you hit that moment of clarity, that moment of truth, it just makes your life better. And also you just don't know the impact it's going to have to the mm. people who are watching what you're going through. So wow. I completely rambled, but I think oh, that, that's, it, made, that's it. it made perfect sense. What I heard you say was like a deep acknowledgement of the ripple effect of your thoughts, words, actions, behaviors. You know, you acknowledged your mother for instilling positive thought in you and 
even given difficult circumstances, not speaking negatively about your father and not building that resentment in you. And, And then it sounds like you becoming a father was another moment of like what I say and do and how I live my life matters because I'm showing not just my son, but the ripple beyond family as well. I just, I just appreciate your acknowledgement of, of the story that involves family and, and that journey of, of maturing as an adult and then meeting your dad, seeing your dad, speaking with him and seeing his humanity and also acknowledging how, everything has impacted how you become and your actions now it sounds like there's such this clear awareness that it it matters in ways in ways you don't even know and can't even see you know like we don't know exactly who's listening to this conversation right now that's right that's right absolutely Absolutely. and it matters yeah and that's why i thank you for giving me the platform to share this and everyone else that you've had on because it absolutely does matter Mm, thank you. I so appreciate having you here. Um, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way to connect with you? And, you know, I'll be sure to have a bunch of links in the show notes too, but what's your yeah. preferred way to stay connected? So the, uh, I guess the best way, I know we'll put some some links out there as well. I think that the best way for people to reach out to me, pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. I'm just Kevin Goodman uh, on LinkedIn. I think if you're looking at some of my socials, so like Instagram and, and things like that. For my music, you can go to Goes 101. And for it's very simple on my Instagram is Kevin D. Goodman. If you want to send me a, a, a DM on there, I'd love to, to hear from you. And then I also have, so the uh, organization for mothers is called Mama's Got Mojo. And, Ooh, then love it. The, and then the work I've done for to help creatives is uh, G101 Global. And that is the, the website that uh, I, you know, I have up there that we try to do some things to to help creatives in navigating how to be their authentic selves in such a, a difficult world of entertainment to, to navigate. Mm, wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I'll make sure that all the deets are easily accessible and um, there will be many more conversations to come, Kevin. I so appreciate you taking the time and sharing your heart and authenticity and wisdom and all the, all the gifts that you offer. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. You're so welcome. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Isn't Kevin such a delight? As always, it's the best when we can integrate wisdom. So I'm curious what popped for you, what really stood out as a takeaway through this conversation. I know for me, um, our conversation about like doubt and trust really kind of connected again. And also this like gratitude for the way in which Kevin sees how integrated humans are becoming more and more valued. I love this idea of not having to live life in silos and, you know, wholeness is wellness. So what he shared about bringing these integrated gifts together, um, that really stood out to me. And I'm curious if it stood out to you too, or what parts really resonated. Never hesitate to reach out and engage. You can email info at worthyandwell.com. Follow us on uh, Instagram at worthyandwell. I'll make sure all of Kevin's links are in the show notes below. And of course, if you're enjoying this podcast, enjoying this series, please do leave a rating and review that really helps us in reaching more people. And If you feel called to share this, that is just the greatest gift when you share with someone who you feel may resonate with this wisdom. So thank you so much for being here, for tuning in, and I can't wait to see you soon, to talk to you soon anyway. Take really good care. Bye-bye.